It's a Nisa Lachey. They was dying by my calling. Now they peeping away. Hey guys, it's Anissa Getina, and today on the Pretty and Profitable podcast, we're gonna cover the principle prestigious slash popular, and I want to introduce Nicole, who embodies this particular principle. Hey Nicole. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. So I've heard a lot of great things about you. Thank you. But I want you to introduce yourself to the people. Sure. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on. And thank you for having these type of conversations. I just don't think we have these enough. So very excited to be here. Um, Just a little bit about me. I'm Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott. I am a wealth advisor. I have been in the financial space for quite some time, and I'm just very extremely passionate about individuals setting up for second half of life. So um, to tie into today's topic, I just really feel like when you bring that intentionality to your current life, that also carries on to just really what second half of life looks like for many of us. So I'm excited for today's conversation. Thank you for coming, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I talk about being pretty on paper, um, which is basically people getting their credit together, their business credit, but then there's other stages to that, right? Like you Mm -hmm. said, so being pretty on paper is also making sure that your business is in order. So I really thought that you fit really well into this. But prior to you helping people in the financial space, I was told that you were heavily into the PR world, Mm -hmm. which is all about being popular and Mm -hmm. prestigious and dealing with these high profile people. So Mm -hmm. how did you go from that that environment into the financial space? And and, And basically, how did the experience that you had in there, how did it help you with what you're doing right now? So, okay. So answering your first question, how did I make that transition? Mm -hmm. I feel like um, I've been in in the world of entrepreneurship and business ownership since I was young. So naturally I was having a lot of those conversations with clients anyway. Um, I had got to a space where I also, woman of many talents, I opened a co-working space in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, really in that space, I think it was just divine intervention, but it Mm. caused me to sit down with a lot of individuals and just have a lot of one-on-one time with people. And I started really seeing as people were building these large empires, there was so much infrastructure that was not in place. Um, And I was having to refer out a lot of people, you know, before we could have these excellent marketing campaigns and, you know, all the other bells and whistles, the fun part of owning a business Mm-hmm. There was so much infrastructure that wasn't in place to make these businesses truly sustainable. Yeah. So I was like, you're investing all this money on the front end side of it, but the back end is not matching, um, mm-hmm. you know, to really creating businesses so that they have sustainability, so they have longevity, so yeah. that they're really not, you know, here today and gone tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, just in that, in that um, aspect. So that really, I really just started branching into a lot of those conversations and really delved deeper into um, feeling like I served a deeper purpose there. Um, And I feel like PR helped me to make topics interesting that probably aren't very interesting to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
taught me how to communicate in a very simplistic manner. I think Mm -hmm. when it comes to a lot of financial conversations, a lot of individuals get turned off because it's just, you know, talks going over their head, even if they are very complex as far as how they've done their own planning. Mm -hmm. When they get to their next level, they're like, okay, still break that down for me. Um, You know, why does that matter to me? Why do I, why does that play a role in my life? You know, and they typically have family members who need to be brought up to speed and they want them to feel very comfortable with the conversation transpiring too. So um, I really feel like I honed in my skill of, of getting messages across um, in the PR space. And that's really what a lot of financial planning boils down to is taking very complex um, uh, topics and being able to help it apply to that person in their life in a way that it is relevant and it makes sense. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's um, excellent. And to have someone that's relatable, that looks like us and able to speak our language also is, is also beneficial. The question that I have for you next, it was a totally different question, but now I think that because I know that women will be watching this, Mm -hmm. um, what, can a person, because the average income over across the U.S., the average is between 30000 I think, and 60000 or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. What should that group of people do? Or what is the first step in them, like, planning financially? What would you say or tell them to do? And then the second question that's attached to that is, what at what um, income bracket should that person have already done it? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Because you have people that make money really fast, right? So. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to say should have already done it because depending upon childhood, who you've been, who you, mm-hmm. you've had access to, your resources, yeah. some individuals are just gaining a lot of that um, resource structure now, yeah. right? Like they've made money forever, but mm-hmm. their circles, the individuals around them had not been exposed and therefore they had not been exposed. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, a lot of times people are like, Nicole, I'm so embarrassed. I haven't done this yet. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. really most people, you know, mm-hmm. unless they have really great guidance, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone that was not predatory, that really sat down and put them into some of those right tracks earlier mm-hmm. on in life. But, you know, it's, it's, it's systematic as to why we're just getting access to a lot of this information. So, um, so when you get it, that's when you take it and run, right. And whenever that part comes into your life, but if you're in the 30 to 60 K bracket, mm-hmm. I feel like you actually have to plan even more because there's not a lot of wiggle room for right. life to surprise you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes individuals can think, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm just breaking even, I'm, you know, um, being able to just take care of these small things. How much planning do I need? It's when you need even more planning because if life decides to life or surprise you, um, then it can be more detrimental. There's no cushion really there to help with that. So first things first is, is having that emergency fund in place. Yeah. That's, that's going to be very key. Um, life will life. It's just, Mm -hmm. Just give it enough time and it will do what it does. It's going to do what it's going to do. <laughs> it's going to do what it's going to do. It's right. going to, you know, and for some reason, Murphy's Law, whatever it is you want to call it, it happens at the worst times, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. But 
if we are if we already have things in place to know that that's going to transpire, it takes something from being detrimental to just an inconvenience, right? Yes. Um, I was speaking to an individual the other day who um, her mother really leans on her financially. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm big on creating boundaries, right? I'm big on creating boundaries, but she's established that she does want to help her mother, which I think is is beautiful as long as you Mm -hmm. can do it in a, in a place of boundaries. Right. She create, she created a specific dedicated fund just, just for her mother so that it does not annoy her when her mother asks. It doesn't send her into a place of trauma or trigger or right. whatnot because now she has to move things around or make right. things happen. Right. She's already prepared for it. it. It helps keep them in a healthy place in their relationship. Also, the it, it tracks because, you know, when it's a loved one and they're asking for things, you have to say, OK, we have exhausted what was in the budget for this? Right. I'm sorry, I can't help past this point. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- these are types of things that if you pre-prepare for it already happens, you know. Um, but yes, yeah, so having that emergency fund, leaning into your dollars, right? Yeah. So it could be very small. When you have a ton of money, you don't notice uh Apple taking, you know, two dollars nine dollars. <laughs> yeah, you you don't notice it. But right. let it be a tight month. And you're like, Apple, you have just tried me. Exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, um, so getting very clear on, on your dollars, using technology, yeah. you know, if it's the Rocket Money app, if it's Mint.com, if it's You Need a Budget platform, any of those type of things, mm-hmm. you have to lean in. You cannot be the person that says, I don't do dollars. I don't do math. That's not my thing. I'm not the numbers person. Ooh. You have to be. You, you, because yes. you're, you don't have this financial team that's surrounding you. You're, you're mm-hmm. responsible for your own um, elevation yes. to the next level. So you have to lean into what's transpiring. And typically, a lot of us uh, have these money leaks that are, ta- that are transpiring or taking place that we're just not paying attention to. You're, you know, Uber Eats is usually the highest line item on everyone's financial cash flow spreadsheet. It's, it's Uber Eats, it's Amazon Prime, it's, you know, those different things. And it does not feel like you're spending a ton on mm-hmm. it. It just doesn't. It's, let me order a few lunches here and there. Let me order dinner, right. you know. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, you've realized you spent six and $700 a month right. on convenience and your life might not match that level of convenience just yet. It will right, get there. Right. These are chapters. These are moments in time, et cetera. But right, right now, as you're getting to your next level, you have to be very keen on how that's happening. Um, so I would definitely say if you were in that, in what most most of America is going through right now, you have to lean into the dollars at the fullest level. You have to educate yourself as much as possible. If you are getting into more of a six figure and above bracket, um, what what typically tends to happen is you're pulling a lot of your information from the individuals around you that you feel Mm -hmm. like have achieved that as well. Mm -hmm. But what becomes faulty is at that level, you need to start having a customized plan to that, right? So- Let's right. say you're making 125 and 
um, and there's another individual that walks to my office at the same time making 125. What's different is you might be in the medical professional, you have 600K in student loans. This other mm-hmm. person has no debt. What might be different for you is you were gifted, um, you know, inheritance. You know, there was money that came down to you, property that came down to you. This other person might have to do everything from scratch. So what happens is both of you are saying, oh, okay, I got this certain tool. I knew to get, you know, this IRA or I set this up or I did this and you're following each other, but all the factors of your life and what's going into um, what's contributing to the variables are completely different. And so that's what becomes, you know, complex in that type of way. Even with what you do, when you talk about pretty on paper, Mm -hmm. there's individuals who have become very beautiful on paper. There's Mm -hmm. other individuals that have a lot of surgery that needs to happen, right? And so- (laughs) I couldn't think of anything else, but we went straight for surgery. That might be the yes. <laughs> a little um, cosmetic, little tuck, nip tuck. Nip <laughs> tuck needs to happen, but in regards, right? Right. So it's it's all of those secrets, the back end stuff, the stuff that no one is talking about out loud. Yeah, it's true. Plays a really large role in that financial structure, you know, mm-hmm. and then. So what are the dynamics going on in the household, right? Is there, right. Is there a, a spouse? Is that spouse overspending? So anytime right. you're putting some of these tools in place, like you're getting investments, that person's taking all the money back out of the investments, which is not, so it, which means this vehicle doesn't make sense to you guys because everyone's right. not committed to seeing these vehicles through. So right. there's just a lot that's happening once you get into your your higher brackets, also too, what I find with just a lot of my clients, Uh-oh. sometimes they're the highest earners in their circle. They're the highest earners in their family. So there's really no one that they can talk to that they can compare this to. Like who who else have they gone through? Who else around them has gone through some of their similarities, right? That your, mm-hmm. your problems just become different. Instead of trying to figure out how to save for this next thing, it becomes you're dealing with extreme amount of taxation um, and you're trying to figure out how to have a strategy to mitigate the taxes or you're starting to figure out your lifestyle costs are going to be so much more than, you know, certain other individuals. How are you sustaining that type of lifestyle in retirement? It's just because right. everyone has problems, right? Pro- Right. problems will affect but the problems start to look different so who mm-hmm. you start to surround yourself with becomes very key as far as like your financial team I like that the underlining uh answers to a lot of the women when I talk about um being profitable or any of that everyone says the same thing which is it's customized and so I wish that we could really get back to understanding that Everybody has their own lane. And the very first thing before you do anything is to identify who you are, yes, what you have and where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And not looking over, like you said, at your friend. You guys may make the same amount of money, but they might be a trust fund kid and they might mm-hmm. be getting extra money that they don't even realize they're getting. And they're telling you, oh, yeah, I pay my bills and I this. But 
grandpa's paying my mortgage, <laughs> you yes. know, or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was so I'm so glad that you said that because um, I think because we have this access or this false access to people and mm -hmm. their portion of their lifestyle or a lack thereof. <laughs> we think that, oh, this person is making that and they're able to buy this car. So when I do that, I'm able to buy this car. But that may not be the case. Or I've made six figures and let me go buy this G-Wagon so I can get a tax write-out. But you don't really need to do that. Right, <laughs> okay, right. because that situation and their, your situation and, and their situation is completely different. So I'm glad that you said that. Do you remember on, um, it was like a meme that was going around uh, about HGTV. And so it would be like on HGTV when they did the makeovers and it would be like, this this teacher makes uh, 15,000 a year, husband's not working, but they're getting ready to get a $1.7 million makeover. Exactly. She, she makes something, makes jewelry, paper jewelry or something like that. Yeah, right. But the part that was missing from the conversation is that this house was a part of their inheritance. You know, they had proper insurances and they were the beneficiaries of that, that put this certain amount into place. So their net worth was already at this certain amount. They, it, it's so much left out of the conversation. So you're saying, yes. that and you're like, oh, okay, well, I know I make what they make. So let me start redecorating my house at that level. But mm -hmm. that's because the entire conversation wasn't um, exposed in regards to what we were really looking at when that was happening. It's like, no, baby girl, you probably need to go buy a, a cash flowing asset before you go do anything else. Right. right? right. And I yes. talk about that. Um, I've been really introducing this idea on the podcast about um, investing in boring businesses, getting mm -hmm. into something that's cash flowing, something mm -hmm. that is already making money. And I think mm -hmm. that's just like a hard concept for people to think about because we always think about entrepreneurship as starting from the bottom, getting yeah. everything together. But there are businesses, especially right now as millennials, we can jump into extremely profitable businesses because we have, it's a time that's never going to come for us again in regards to baby boomers retiring. Right. right. And this transition in technology that a lot of them are not willing to change and convert their businesses over into. And then a lot mm -hmm. of them don't have kids or their kids are not interested in their business, whatever right. it is. But yes, we have the goal of making a lot of money, but maybe our way to going about doing that is really leaning more into something that is creating a cat that's already cash flowing that may not be too sexy. It yeah. may not be sexy to go, you know, start, I mean, buy a business that people don't post on Instagram. Right. Mm -hmm. But if the numbers make sense, like I live in LA, mm -hmm. you can't get a house. I've been looking at boring businesses. I'm in the process of seeking some out and getting some boring businesses. Mm -hmm. And one of them is 250,000. Mm -hmm. Now, do I buy the boring business? 250,000 that cash flows 6,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Or do we try to run and go get, you know, and it's just not a good time to try to buy something in California with mm -hmm. the tenants rights. And all. it's just not, it's just not, yeah. but, but really focusing on when is it a good time to put your money into something that will create more money and, yeah. and create that wealth that we don't have to work more for. We're just working a little bit smarter. 
So I'm yeah. glad that you said that. And I know I just added a little extra with a little cherry on top. But but um, I think that, you know, us again, and I said this before on one of the episodes, we have to understand that we've only had ownership for 100 years. Mm-hmm. No more than that. Mm-hmm. So this posture that we're in old money and things like that is just a, for a lot of African-Americans, it's just not true. We can go into the history book and see that that's not true. Right. right. And so we have to be open to um, really, first of all, the market and really taking advantage of these times for us to build something faster, you know, yeah. um, and not faster as in speed, but more as in compounding your money mm-hmm. in a time where it won't happen again. This transition yeah. of wealth, this, you know, this changing mm-hmm. of wealth that's happening right now. And so becoming knowledgeable is so important and having women like you where you are, you, you're the face, right, of financial planning and you're able to tell people, hey, yes, I understand you have this, but this is what you should be doing. I think it's so important. So I love important. that. I, I also, too, I feel like um, a, a big part of what we do is is really helping to mitigate risk, right? And so what you're talking mm. about for businesses, you're bringing the risk factor down. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. feel like when you have all of your foundation pieces in place, when you have your emergency fund, when you have yes. put all the things that that's needed from retirement vehicles to your, like we call it your defense strategy, when that's in place and you're ready mm-hmm. to go into the investment side, truly understanding what is the level of risk that you can take on. So the reason that boring businesses work for a lot of people is because that is the amount of risk that, most individuals can take, right? You're, yes. you brought down the level of risk factor because it's, it has proven concept. It has mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, current cash flow that usually you yes. can just infiltrate right Jump into. In. Whereas mm-hmm. a startup, it may, it may not work. It right. might take, it will take more than what it, whatever you forecast, whatever you project, most startups it's take more. than what you feel like will to Absolutely. get it going. And cost more than what you ever estimated it will cost. And so that, that level of um, uncertainty heightens the level of risk. And so as you're getting, you know, as you start to grow more in your journey of, of finances, you're looking at how do I hedge against those risks? How do I mitigate mm-hmm. risk as much as possible to retain a lot of your wealth? Now, yes. there are people who are just going to be risky, right? That matches yes. it. That's because they might have enough things in place that they can mm-hmm. take on that risk and it won't yes. completely uh, uh, obliterate their- what they have going on, right? Whereas yeah. other individuals, they jump out into the riskiest thing. There was no infrastructure to mm-hmm. be able to sustain that. And then they completely go backwards. They lose their house. They lose land. Yeah. Um, they're unable to pay taxes. They're, you mm-hmm. know, then they with the IRS. It's just, you don't want to put yourself in a place where you're going backwards um, right. because you, you misdiagnose the level of risk of what you're getting into. Right. You just made me think about uh, one of the things that I talk about in the book. And I talk about like just being employed and not planning for the future or not investing is like riding a bike. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think like they, you know, with, with working that they're going to get to wealth. You know, it's, you know, you riding a bike, 
You're going to get there, but it's going to take you a long time, <laughs> right? Riding a bike. But when you have vehicles, like you said, I talk about four different types of vehicles. and Not four different types of vehicles, but wheels, right? Mm -hmm. On a vehicle. When you drive in a vehicle, you can get there faster, right? You're going to get there faster compared to riding a bike. And so building wealth is like having your vehicles, having your different financial vehicles that will get you to wealth faster. And, you know, being employed, it was never meant for you to build wealth. It was just for you to to sustain, not even thrive. It was just for you to be able, you know, you riding your bike, right? You have mm -hmm. two wheels. And by the time you get to wealth, you tire, mm -hmm. you know, by the time you get to the destination. So um, getting people to understand that the investment uh, conversation, the financial planning conversation, and the projecting for the future is not something we're trying to bore people with. It's really right. for you to understand how to incorporate that. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be all these things, but start with one thing and start mm -hmm. to incorporate financial things into your life so that yeah. when you are 60, you don't have to go, well, I got to go to Walmart, you know, because mm -hmm. I got to, you know, like mm -hmm. planning your life now and not even 60, like break and unsubscribe to what they say about retirement. You can choose your retirement based on the type of investments that you make or, you know, what you can handle. We talk about risk, but investing now for later is the very thing that we need to be talking about. Um, mm -hmm. As a millennial, Social Security is just not a conversation we're having. Mm -hmm. Because it's mm -hmm. going to be non-existent, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be super creative. And I think, again, this is now the time to be able to get extremely knowledgeable. Um, this is not about trying to do something and post it on Instagram. This is really about focusing on what vehicles can I add to my portfolio or to my life mm -hmm. that would allow me to get there faster. Yeah. And so with that, I have another question. How do you um, develop an investor mindset? Um, to have an investor mindset, I feel like you have to remove the emotion from it, mm. right? And so um, a lot of us are driven. Money is so personal to many of us. Mm -hmm. And we have the wrong perception of what money is. Money is a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you separate the emotion from it and understand it as a tool, that tool can be utilized in a multitude of ways. So understanding from an investment mindset, you want to really understand how this tool is working for you, that right. this tool will have up moments and will have down moments, the mm -hmm. something that you cannot control. No one holds a crystal ball on mm -hmm. um, on how the economy will go. I don't think any of us saw, ever, forever saw the pandemic coming our way, right? Um, it. It, it has completely changed a lot of business models and business structures, you know, inside out um, at this point. And we will feel the, the wrath of what happened economically for years on end. I, I still feel yes. like we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg of tip how- of the iceberg. That, yes, you know, played a role in that. Um, mm -hmm. So just even be able to see some of that. But from an investor mindset, you have to understand there'll be there'll be tops and bottoms. There'll be peaks. There'll be lows. Um, also, too, 
you have to understand that sometimes it may not be your skill set. Um, and that's where you start to bring in individuals that that is their skill set. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, a lot of people who did very well when the economy was up on an investment side um, that, ne- that didn't necessarily understand the structure of investing. But when the economy is good, everything does well. Right. So you're, you know, you're you're, pra- you're, you're practicing day. <laughs> you're you know, hopping into real estate left and right, um, right. without doing your due diligence, you're mm-hmm. doing these different things. And while the market is up, it's like, oh, I got, I can start teaching classes and courses mm-hmm. and I can, you know, et cetera. And recently it was like, oh, this, this is where you have to really understand what's really transpiring in the market, right? right. This is where there has to be a, a deeper level of knowledge or your resources or your financial team that surrounds you is is helping you pivot, <clears throat> make sustainable decisions during this time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a big part of it too, just relinquishing, hey, I don't have to do this all myself. What I don't know, I don't know. And I trust the professionals for that afterwards. Um, also too, when it comes to investing, you have to know what makes sense to what your goals are, right? Mm-hmm. So- there's some investments that you you're in and you're out It's quick and you want to see a return on that and you're out. Right. There's other investments where it takes the power of time, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, many people who are watching this podcast now, you are, you might not think you're an investor, but you have a 401k. So you're an investor. Mm-hmm. You have an IRA in some, in some capacity. So you are an investor, you're a homeowner. So you are an investor. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, individuals are investors that don't necessarily see themselves as such, but mm-hmm. some of those vehicles that you're in, it takes the, it, it takes years for you to really see, you know, what's going to transpire. So understanding that time plays a big role in some of the investment tools that you're seeking. Yeah. Um, and then also understanding how taxes impact those different mm-hmm. investments, right? So this might be a quick investment. You get your money back quick, et cetera. What, now, what is your tax liability associated mm-hmm. with? Yeah. Um, and would, would you be better in a, another type of investment tool that has a different tax component to it? So right. that's, that's where you really have to understand a lot of the different layers to the decisions that you're making. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that you said at the beginning was for people to understand that money is a tool and not Mm -hmm. to take it personal. And Mm -hmm. I think that one is challenging for people. And I'll tell you why, because most people trade their time for money. Right. So they're paying with their life. They're paying Mm -hmm. like it's personal because Mm -hmm. I did 40 hours for this money. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But once you understand, and I, I've said this before, that you either pay with your time or your money. But if you're ignorant, you pay with both. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people are operating in ignorance. And that's why they're not able to like move from just being a consumer into an investor. Mm-hmm. And then also they're not willing to part with their money because they've paid with their time. So yeah. So it's it's one of those things that you can't really do it and understand until you do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot like uh being a wife. You don't mm-hmm. really know what it is until you do it. 
You mm-hmm. can go to counseling. You can imagine mm-hmm. the wedding and mm-hmm. you don't really know what it is to, to be pregnant until you have morning sickness, until mm-hmm. you go through the whole, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Like um, you, you can't continue to think about what it's like to do it and know the answer. Right. You actually have to do it. And then the answers will like emerge from mm-hmm. there. You will be able to see. And, and again, like you said, what works for you may not work for me. And so really understanding what you're getting into and why and, you know, the risk involved is so important in regards to investing. So I mm-hmm. like I like what you said. Thank you. Um, so what is. OK, so we can't get to the trust. <laughs> OK, really quickly, mm-hmm. real quick, because I think people need to know about this. It's a conversation that we're starting to have more. Yeah. Um, but what is a trust? So a trust is basically um, the the governing body that holds the set of directives for Mm -hmm. what it is that you want to happen to your assets. So um, basically the the trust can hold the responsibility of the assets that you are, that you are acquiring through your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it can also give the directive of, of what you want to transpire. So Mm -hmm. let's say for instance, you want your children to be able to inherit your real estate portfolio, mm-hmm. but you want you want to make sure that they have graduated from college or you want mm-hmm. them to be 30 before they mm-hmm. can inherit those different things. There's no other vehicle that will honor that for you outside of a trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trust will be able to make sure that, that that is in place. Also, when we're thinking of how we're passing on generational wealth, Mm-hmm. The trust will be the the beneficiary of a lot of the different assets that you're accumulating. So that's how we're making sure that your real estate portfolio, your businesses, your investments, they don't mm-hmm. end up in state probate because the mm-hmm. the trust becomes the owner of that of those pieces. So that mm-hmm. is the vehicle um, that's being able to put that in place. A will becomes important because that will gives your basically what you want to transpire in those different types of ways. So that's the document mm-hmm. that becomes important as part of your uh, estate planning as well. I'm very big on making sure that you're talking to an estate planning attorney mm-hmm. or, you know, through your advisor, you're having some of those initial conversations and you're seeing how complex, you know, your assets may be, mm-hmm. how that be done. You, uh, this, once again, that's another area that one size does not fit all, right? right. So it doesn't. Just need a revocable trust. I need irrevocable. It's mm-hmm. very dependent upon what's transpiring in regards to how those decisions get made. Right. You might have, you know, property in multiple states. Mm-hmm. That becomes very complex on how mm-hmm. you're dealing with that. Should anything happen? You might have a lot of assets that once they go to the next generation, it will endure a lot of taxation. Mm-hmm. There needs to be, you know, very well thought out how you're going to mitigate tax and that wealth transfer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to sit down with an estate planning attorney, having your financial team come together is very key. Most individuals, I would think that's listening to this podcast some level of that needs to be in place, right? Yes. Um, 
there's diff- there's different levels and I'm not saying everyone has to jump out with the with the $20,000, you know, attorney uh mm-hmm. to organize that. There's there's attorneys that will match each level, but mm-hmm. what you should do is if you know where you're going, you know, you you have in your mind, I'm going to get to this level. You should have already interviewed those individuals. You should already know these individuals that you're going to put into place when the timing is right for that. Mm-hmm. You right. know that you've amassed a very, a, a very complex level of, of assets. You know that um, there's certain things you want to transpire. You have land, you have real estate, you have business complexities. Um, you know, you, you're thinking of how are you uh, transferring this business to the next generation? If there's interest there, all those different things, yeah. You you already needed to interview these individuals and vet them so that when the time comes for that, it's in place. Oh, so much to talk about. <laughs> and um, we definitely have to go. Um, but I'll just say this for people that didn't understand what she says, because there's so much. Mm-hmm. I talk about trust in my book as well. But mm-hmm. I talk about God being the original originator of a trust. Mm-hmm. And how he has passed down instruction for us and given us guidelines of how we should handle our business, which is our principles. Mm-hmm. And the will is more like the scriptures telling us exactly how to carry those out. So I definitely in the book try to. Yes, God is the original mm-hmm. trust designer. Right. He is the grantor. And um, so if you don't understand that, I break it down in the book where you can simply understand it through biblical principles that God is the originator of wealth, Mm -hmm. of wealth principles. And so, Nicole, thank you so much for coming. We have a segment, um, Pretty pretty on Paper, where I Mm -hmm. ask each woman a beauty secret that they want to share with their audience. So one of your beauty secrets that you would like to share with the audience. Rest. Rest (laughs) is the biggest If you don't, if you do not get sleep, there is no beauty uh secret that can take uh the place of that that can, that can help it <laughs> it can't it can't it's, yeah. it's basically the the biggest foundation to everything when i'm extremely tired mm-hmm. you know I, now makeup can help you a little bit a little right? bit you right some color on and you mm-hmm. can you know beat beat face etc but your eyes look tired your energy is tired everything else and so it's, it's tired <laughs> You know, it's the the energy isn't beautiful. The yes. energy is great. Yes. Um, and that still impacts. And you could be very well rested and do nothing, and the energy can still be beautiful. The energy Yes. So I would definitely say rest. I do rest. not put about my rest. I um it appears I'm a very busy individual, but I rest just as hard. Um Good. And I, rest is one of your strongest wealth building tactics that mm-hmm. you can So um how many hours do you sleep so i'm i'm a a seven hour average individual um for that i it that's minimum so we're gonna definitely do that i believe in naps too um Mm. so yeah i'm 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 a napper um okay yeah it, it helps me so i don't have to take all the different things to make up for that 
Um, so yes, so I would definitely say rest, and then I'll then after that would be supplements. But um, yeah, those are my 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 beauty things. Wow, I love that. I love that, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming. Can you tell the people how they can find you and how to keep keep track of everything that you're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, Definitely. absolutely. Um, and you know, when women can get together and talk about money, you know, we can go for hours. Keep so, going. Yes. Well, thank you for keeping us on track because we probably yes. be another a whole another hour. Exactly. <laughs> like, what does this podcast end? This right. Four hour podcast. Right. Um, but yes, to get in contact with me, once again, Dr. Nicole Garner-Scott. On Instagram, it's Dr. Dr. Garner-Scott. Um, website is The Money Plan Inc. Um, so themoneyplaninc.com. Uh, as far as like true, true financial advice, I do a lot of that mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. So if you want okay. like strategy on the market, those different things, I do a lot of that on LinkedIn. So connect with me there too. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you again for coming. This was absolutely amazing and extremely informative. So we're going to have to do it again. Thank you. And congrats on your book and everything that you have on. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So today we talked about the principle of being prestigious and popular. And Nicole embodied that. She took her um, experience from being a woman dealing with popular people, prestigious people, and those skill sets, and she's now driving it into the financial planning world. It is so important, like she said, um, to have a trust and protect your assets, but also to become a wealth-building woman. And the very first way to do that is to work on your mindset. Working on your mindset is the first way to become a wealth-building woman. So if you guys like this episode, make sure that you like, subscribe, and share. And I will see you on the next one. It's uh, Nisa Lachey. They was dotting by my calling. Now they peeping away.